0: Hey, I'm Raz, and this is my new podcast, Once Upon a Roll. Each episode, I'll bring on a guest and play a one-on-one session of D&D 5th Edition in the land of Cortia, which is a homebrew setting that I've been using for the past year and a half. Uh, The ultimate goal of this show is to fill out my world with more stories by getting help from other creative minds. Each episode will take place at different times and different places across Cortia in order to better flesh out that setting. I also hope it's interesting for people to see a game with just a DM and one player as it's a unique and intimate experience that most people don't seem to do much of. Uh, in general, this show's going to be pretty experimental, so hopefully some of you out there dig that. But without further ado, I would like to welcome on my first guest, my oldest friend in the known universe, uh, Brian. Welcome to the show, Brian.
1: Friend and nemesis, we should. And nemesis.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, my arch enemy, um,
0: but you can't have one without the other
1: yeah exactly uh, good good to be here
0: yeah uh have you played d and d before? I ask already knowing
1: <laughs> uh yeah I've dabbled in the old d and d a couple times uh, <laughs> a lot of five e recently in your campaign, yep. but uh mm-hmm. a good amount of three five before that a little pathfinder, a few other games as well uh so i've been I've been around the old dice rolling games here for a little little while now
0: yeah it's it's kind of weird to think about i mean. We've pretty much been playing D&D heavily for the last two years, Mm -hmm. but probably almost like 10 years (laughs) of playing D&D total, which...
1: Yeah. We started out making fun of it, and then the first opportunity we had to play it, we were just like, yeah, we're going (laughs) to like this. We're going to like this. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: (laughs) How How else could it possibly work? Right. So we'll just jump into the session. Brian and I planned some stuff beforehand, but there's also a lot of stuff that Brian's character knows that Brian, as a player... Doesn't, so we will see those things revealed throughout, and he'll have to react to them on the fly, which will be really fun for me. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, jump into it.
1: Great, let's do it.
0: The kingdom of Cortia has thrived for over a thousand years. In that time, it's endured war against powerful enemies, outlasted deadly feuds between its lords, and fought against evil, both of this plane and others. However, during the most recent Festival of the Autumn Sun, the sage's ritual revealed a nearly forgotten omen, the sign of Black Sun, a symbol only seen once before, and it almost led to the destruction of Cortia. Panicked, the common folk in the capital city rioted, and when the dust settled, the king was dead, and his two children had disappeared in the night. The lord of the city of Edgewood, Tom Dunn, restored peace to the capital, and with no heirs of the king anywhere to be seen, he decided to sit the throne and take the position of Lord Regent. But this story takes place far away from the capital. Near the northern edge of Cortia, by the coastal city of Teldwith, is a small island that houses more wealth than almost all of the Teldwith countryside put together. The island, Suna Island, has long been the ideal summertime destination for the nobles of Teldwith. It's a place for noblemen to send their wives and children as they attend to their work and their mistresses back in the city. A place where regularly held parties offer opportunities for families to flaunt their fortunes. A place with more secrets than it has any business having. Elegant mansions line the waterfront, and a small town rests in the center of the island. These are the most modest buildings on Suna Island a few quaint yet classy inns, a marketplace with more trinket shops than anything else, small houses belonging to the year-round locals who keep the island running to meet the needs of the nobles' lavish lifestyles, and a small courthouse with an even smaller jail attached to it. And that is where our story begins. A red-skinned man wearing a faded brown trench coat walks down the small town's main road, accompanied by three human men. One of the men, a portly man, speaks up, when we sent word to Teldwith about what happened, we didn't expect them to send... The red-skinned man turns to him and gives him a stare that Benny had been on the other side of before. The type of stare that no one wants to be on the other side of again. The portly man gulps, then says, Someone with your, uh, reputation. You have quite the track record, seeker Gilvin." Gilvin reaches into his pocket, grabs a cigarette, puts it to his lips, and snaps his finger. A flame appears from his thumb. He lights the cigarette and then shakes the flame away. Tell me about the perp. One of the other men, a young, nervous fellow, opens a folder and reads from it. Uh, Renas Dechen Drier, But he often hides behind various aliases, most notably Archbishop Ramsbury, a six feet tall elf. He's one of those Elydrin types and has markings of fall on him. So tannish skin with an orange hue, amber hair, copper eyes, that sort of thing. Guy uses so many different names though, it's, it's hard to keep track of where he's been. Gilvin takes the folder and scans it as they walk into the courthouse. The men lead him past the jail cells into a lone door at the end of the hall. You look up from the table you are cuffed to as light pours into the dim room that you've been sitting in for the past two hours. Through the door, you see what you recognize to be a fire genasi, maybe in his mid-thirties with thick red hair so dark that it almost looks brown in this light. Mr. and Dreer, I'm Seeker Gilvin. I work in the Arbiter's office of Teldwith and i have been brought to figure out exactly what happened last night. And more importantly, how you fit into it all.
1: Hmm. Officer, it's, uh... It's nice to finally have someone here. It's, um... Been a little bit of waiting for me here. I'm, uh... Oh, I've been, uh... Just been a little tired inside uh, this, uh... This cell. I rather enjoy being outside a little more. I'll be happy to answer your question to be on my way. We'll see about the being on your way part. Oh, I have nothing to hide, officer. I, uh just want to get this investigation uh, and get the man who, who did everything and, and uh, help you as much as I can.
0: He gives you a long look, like one that's a little longer than you feel comfortable with. And he nods. He pulls a few papers from the folder, looks over them. So how'd you end up at Baron Elphorn's estate?
1: <laughs> well, I'm in the city and uh, he's a noble who is having a party. And uh, look... Rana Stekandrir does not miss a good party when he is around. I heard about it, and, um... Well, look, this, let me say it this way. I am typically well-liked at these noble parties. I've been to many. Uh, so it was not hard for me to get an invitation. People just kind of watch my uh, amazing dances, and uh, they're having more fun. So uh, I uh, got invited that way. I am, the, I am a... Um, I'm a man who enjoys a good uh, human party. You, you guys know how to have some fun. Uh, as you say that, uh, Gilvin looks at his
0: hand, which is completely red, and looks at you and says, human. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs>
1: well, I guess not you. I don't know. I've never been to a genasi party before, but uh, I mean, I can imagine it's pretty good, too. But there are a lot of people around here, a lot of them are human, obviously.
0: Look." I want you to think about what really happened last night And then tell me the truth Cause if you're lying, I'll know Gilvin's words echo in your mind for a moment And you can't help but think back to just 24 hours ago Before this whole mess got underway The day before, you find yourself in an inn And you see a few noble folks standing around Mm -hmm. Uh, You, knowing there's a party on the island, want to get an invite
1: I will, uh, these, these, uh, people, they clearly look like nobles.
0: Yeah. They, they walked into the place, gave a few like looks at, you know, this place, even though you walk in you're like, this is kind of nice. Uh, they <laughs> give those looks of like, uh, this is below us, but we need to stop off real quick, pregame a little bit before, uh, we head off to this party and this is about the only place to do it.
1: All right. Uh, I will, uh, I'll walk up and approach them, uh... Gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, you guys look like you're from around here, no?
0: Um, yes, visiting the island. They give you a few cautious looks uh, as they see your oddly colored skin um, and notice your very pointed ears. But they seem almost intrigued.
1: Gentlemen, I, uh, I am a, a man who enjoys the finer things in life. And I have recently arrived here and I am looking for something enjoyable to do. Would, uh, would any of you happen to know of any uh, goings-on or events in town? I can uh, happily pay you for uh, the information. They kind of look at
0: each other and laugh. One of them with long, dark, dark brown hair looks at you. Listen, I'm sure someone of your like doesn't really have the kind of coin that uh, we'd be interested in taking. Hmm
1: well maybe maybe we can do a wager for it instead how about this you give me just one minute to show you something very cool and if you don't enjoy it as much as i think you will then you can leave or i will leave and i will not bother you again but if i'm correct and you enjoy this thing that I'm going to show you, as much as I think you will, then you have to help me out and tell me about all the big events happening in town today. How about that?
0: Uh, The dark-haired man looks at the other people in his party. They kind of give shrugs. You hear a few whispers of like, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? And the man with dark hair turns to you and gives a nod.
1: Okay, so then I'm going to kind of push some tables aside... Uh, to make a nice little, uh, kind of square area, mm-hmm. and then, uh, I will start an enthralling performance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which, if I perform for at least a minute, and my enthralling performance is a seductive dance with, natural, lots, of, with, with lots of thrusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, they need to make, so how many people are there?
0: In, in this group, there's four.
1: Okay. Perfect. I can do up to four people. Uh, <laughs> And they must succeed on wisdom saving throws, uh, or be charmed by me. And if they're charmed in this way, they idolize me and speak glowing me to anyone who talks to them. Oh gosh!
0: All right. So you do not then have to make any sort of performance check.
1: I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just you like to me see too? how
0: convinced. Yeah, I will just <laughs> to see how convincing it is to the other people in the bar who's no- who are not being enthralled.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Uh, to see if they're impressed oh yeah okay i rolled a 18 so that is a 25.
0: oh yeah it's it's a great dance not that it even needed to be but (laughs) it's great uh because you rolled a 25 i will give them disadvantage on their wisdom saves just because it sounds fun get wrecked Uh, nobles what what is the dc uh the dc would be 15. 15 okay these guys are screwed uh as it turns out three of them including the dark-haired man are all enraptured with your entire dance uh, as you kind of move around the room and gyrating. thrust at tables. <laughs> like, they're just watching your hips uh, constantly spinning. And other people who aren't even being affected by the spell are, are definitely impressed. Like, they saw you, this weird kind of almost gangly looking guy. and Like, halfway through,
1: on. I have, like, a horn and I, like, keep playing. Like, I keep dancing, but then I, like, bust out some music, too, like, while I'm doing the dance.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it... it Why don't you make a performance for that? (laughs) 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 Alright, nice.
1: Okay, let's do it. Uh, Not quite as good. Uh, It was a 6, so plus 7, so 13.
0: Okay. Gosh, still, still decent enough. Still decent. You know, you're you've done this before, where you play music while dancing. But you do know that usually that throws off your rhythm uh, on both things a little bit, and you don't always hit the notes as well as you'd like to. But it's certainly passable, and the people in this tavern seem to be drunk enough to be enjoying it. But yeah, so the dark haired man and, and two of his compatriots seem very enraptured by it. You do see a woman in their group, kind of like yawning and and like as they're like kind of leaning forward she's like what What?" (laughs) um but yeah yeah it it,
1: it is successful on three of them i'll run back to him so gentlemen what did you think of my very sexy dance
0: the dark-haired man stands up my name is air archduke jacinto paca and that is the most beautiful thing i've seen in my life
1: oh you are too kind sir you're too kind just a little thing i do you know well, what did I tell you? I knew you'd like it.
0: The woman behind it is like, Jacinto, what are you? And he puts a hand up. Says, S- stop it. Bethany, stop. It. We have a party tonight at, at Be- Baron Elphor's for the Suna Summer Gala. W- would, you, would you come as our guest?
1: Oh, I would love to. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, maybe during the party I can show some of uh, your friends my dancing as well.
0: I'm sure they would adore that. The one named Bethany is like, "What are you talking?" And He's like, "Bethany,
1: please." I give Bethany kind of a a look. I, I kind of do the the squinty eye look.
0: The the side eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She she gives it back. She she looks at you and looks at him and just
1: like. <sighs> I turn. Uh, I turn to the archbishop there. Well, archbishop. Arch, Arch uh, archduke. What did you say?
0: Air archduke. Air archduke.
1: Yeah. I kind of just, like, whisper to him, you know, not everybody appreciates the finer arts in life, you know.
0: They certainly, they certainly do not. But I'm sure the people out at the Gallo definitely will.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Let's hope so. And, uh, I don't want to dance in, a bunch of, in front of uh, a bunch of people who don't appreciate what I do. And I say that really loud.
0: You hear her kind of scoff and you see her roll her eyes as she turns. Like, Can we go? I want to see some other people at this party who are... Uh, a little less
1: crazy than you all. Look, where can I meet you for this party? And I just ignore what she has to say.
0: Jacinto uh, says, "Well, um, we're gonna finish a drink here and head out. Uh, we can escort you if you'd like."
1: Oh, that'd be fantastic! Fantastic! I can't wait. I love parties.
0: What are What are you
1: drinking? Uh mm, What's the specialty around here? Do you guys have some type of wine?
0: Uh, well, right now they. We're having a special on the summer wine, I believe, with fall starting up and summer ending. It's our last, our last celebration.
1: Oh, I would just love a bottle of it, but gosh, I, uh, I don't know. It seems expensive. You you think you could give me a bottle?
0: Uh, yes, most certainly. The sir, he snaps his finger and, you know, orders the bottle and orders a few for the table. They bring it over and, and slide you one just for yourself.
1: You do me too much
0: kindness,
1: sir. You do us kindness uh, with your art. Mm. Well, I can't wait for this party. Let's drink up and get ready to go.
0: Yeah, so you guys, uh, god, this ability. Uh, So you guys, you guys drink some wine, have a few conversations. You learn a little bit about them. Jacinto uh, is the heir of a small keep uh, just outside of Teldwith that, you know, he'll, he'll take over one day, but his father isn't that much older than him. His father seemed to have him at a pretty young age. So he's, every once in a while, he kind of gets into this mood where he seems like a little, like, I'm never actually going (laughs) to (laughs) be. He starts to sulk a little bit. Yeah, sulk a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you know, you, you probably (laughs) can cheer him up in some ways. Just, uh,
1: I'll ask them like uh, I ask them a little bit like, oh, who, who else will be at this party besides uh, besides you guys?
0: You know, obviously they say, as it is the Baron Elphorn's, uh party, that he will be there. The okay. name of a handful of nobles: um, Amira, Kendora, Eris Casey, the Valiant, Sir Randall Lavour, the Loyal. Uh, names that those from the Teldworth area would know. And you know, they name a few others that Renas may be familiar with, may not. uh. (laughs) So after a few drinks, you all head out and and start walking down a path through the island. Eventually you see just a massive mansion in the distance. As you get closer, you see that it towers over the homes of the poor neighbors who bought property next door, who have not too shabby houses themselves, but this is just much, much bigger. The front lawn is littered with topiaries in the shape of various exotic animals that most likely have never actually set foot in Cortia, but the type of animals that nobles like to look at and probably would import. If Some imports got it. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are six enormous ornate pillars that line the front of the house, and giant bay windows are placed between each. The curtains in each of the windows are drawn and you see the various rooms of the house, each more fanciful than the last. Between all the people around you and all the people you see through the window, you have the distinct feeling that based on the size of the island versus how many people seem to be here, everyone on the island (laughs) (laughs) must pretty much be here. But you walk with your group into a massive foyer where you see a few other guests mingle. The heir archduke, you know, shakes the hand of a few people politely.
1: Anyone he shakes his hand to, I like immediately come in for the handshake afterwards and be like, Ranas Dekandria, I feel it's a pleasure to meet you.
0: Yeah, you, <laughs> you do this. The first person you do it to looks you up and down oddly. Speaker Marty Alum. He looks between Jacinto and you, and then Jacinto says, Ranas is the greatest dancer I've ever seen. If he gives a performance night, you hopefully will be graced uh, with his skill.
1: Yes, I'm sure many people at this party have already heard of my uh, fantastic dancing, so you can trust it's uh, second to none.
0: The speaker, who's an old man with gray, short grain hair, nods, gives Jacinto a smile, walks away. You hear him mutter something under his breath.
1: I want to roll a perception check. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, go for it. Alright, let's see what we got here. Perception. I'm okay at that. Oh yeah. 19, 23 totals. Yeah, you just hear him mutter, like,
0: these fucking weird-ass nobles, man. (laughs) God damn. Uh, And just walk away. It seems like, based on that, uh, and a few other interactions you have with the nobles as as you introduce yourself as Jacinto is talking to them, uh, Jacinto has a bit of a reputation, maybe, as a little extravagant, a little weird. Okay. Um, so it probably was a good mark in in the first
1: place for you to grab. <laughs> of course, Renas always finds the good marks. So, what types of things are like at this party? Is it like uh, is there like music? Is there like already performers, or just a lot of people drinking? Is like a buffet? Like, what types of things do I see?
0: Yeah. So, in general, you you see just groups of people, pairs of people, off having drinks together, talking. This is probably one of the bigger parties you've really been to you you see there are performers kind of in the main hall area which is just down the hallway from the foyer you keep as you walk like they're like oh come this way to the living room and you walk in and you're like this ain't a living room <laughs> <laughs> like this seems like bigger than most banquet halls that you've seen but okay. they keep calling cool. the living room there's some couches all, all, all around it huge colorful tapestries line the wall The people all around this room are dressed like beyond elegant. You overhear a fair bit of gossip, most of it having to do with uh, the events that happened in the Capitol during the Autumn Sun Festival. And yeah, you see in the corner, it is a little like four-piece quartet performing.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, So a few people.
0: Yeah, you do see like, as you kind of look around, you know, you see some other instruments out, maybe... Your guess, and from what you've seen from
1: performances in the past,
0: they're starting with the light music and probably will bring it out heavier later on.
1: How how long does it seem like this party has already been going on for?
0: It seems pretty early. It seems like the cocktail hour. Um, Most people seem to be getting to maybe the loose-lipped stage, uh, but not the shit-faced. Got it. (laughs) Uh, ruin your reputation. You, un- you understood
1: where that question was going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Got it.
0: it. Like dinner has not been served
1: yet. Oh, okay. Okay. It'll okay. probably be uh, the best way to put it. Okay. Uh, and then what? What is the kind of like? Is it mostly humans, or there people that have other races too?
0: Roll a perception check.
1: Okay. Pretty good. Total of twenty-two.
0: Yes. You look around and pretty much only see humans. Okay. In general, from what you know of Cortia and, and Teldwith especially, most of the cities in Cortia are, are are human-centric. And and while certainly many other races live in Cortia, it's the humans that usually have the noble positions. Uh, you do see one of the musicians is a gnome. No. Oh. okay. But other than that... It- <laughs>
1: It's, I definitely stand you, out of it. Okay, you stand
0: out, and, and <laughs> you know, even if there were gnomes or dwarves or other elves, uh, you would still stand, stand out. Uh,
1: sure, it's pretty pretty rare. Well, what I'm gonna do, at least for this early part, is just try to make like an impression. Um, so I want to like go up to people that I'm gonna introduce f- to, like tell stories of maybe like elven lands, and be like, you know, like uh, in. In my home, we would have parties similar to this, but they're always outside and we have giant trees everywhere and we have magi- magical creatures come and they play our songs instead of us. It's uh, truly a wondrous time. And just try to like regale people.
0: Okay. Make make just a general charisma check.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Nat 20, baby. Nice. So nice. 24. So what's 24?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you you walk around to different groups. Um, do you kind of let the air archduke lead you around? Yeah, a I'll try. Bit or, I'll try to okay. use
1: like the fact that he like idolizes me and speaks glowingly of me. I'll try to use that to like get the introduction, and then I'm you know just trying to like make people like like me essentially.
0: Yeah, uh, and for the most part, it it works. Uh, people at first when they see you are a little taken aback. But as you give them stories, they, they seem generally interested in it. You get the sense just from talking to them that they have told the same stories every year at these parties uh, for the last ever, you know, and, and, and sure, new gossip always comes up, but it's always the same conversation. So for them to hear these tales of uh, an Eldrin's home, <laughs> a different kind of elf, uh, is crazy because, you know, some of them have met elves, but very few have met someone like you before. Okay. So these, the different groups that you go up to definitely definitely seem very impressed by it. You get a few you know awkward questions like about your skin color, and and one or two people asking if you know this
1: elf. Uh, <laughs> I always say yes, no matter what. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I say yes to every time that they they mention that.
0: And they're like, oh, what a what a good guy. For an yeah. elf, he's a really good guy, uh, and th- and things like that. You know, <laughs> the kind of uh, backhanded racist compliments you'd expect from uh, a group of humans as insulated as these
1: yeah and i'll just like i'll just i like i mean this is like a situation where like if uh if someone's like asking me like oh do you know this guy be like oh yes like 300 years ago and i'll just like make up some crazy story (laughs) that like they couldn't have no idea i'd be like yeah 300 (laughs) years ago me and him we were like we were We were outside you know just having like a picnic, and these two trolls came and tried to attack us and well you know fern he's a he's a bit of a dandy and he uh <laughs> he had to run away and luckily i actually uh I actually am pretty good with trolls i uh, I speak a little troll myself and um I told, I told them, look, there's way more tasty people just down the road. And sure enough, they walked down away looking for some tasty, I, I don't know what I said. I think I said orcs or something like that. I said they tasted better. They had never had orc luckily to dis, to, uh, to disagree with me. Anyway, we ran away and luckily those trolls, uh, you know, I never saw them again. But it was a sticky situation to say the least. <laughs> And that never happened, of
0: course. (laughs) Yeah, naturally. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I'll have you make a deception check for it in this case. All right,
1: deception checks. Dude, I'm rolling so fatty right now. I've rolled like a 19, 18, 19, 20. Like this is the best I've ever rolled. That was a 19 with a deception of 10. So that's 29. (laughs) Yeah,
0: they are just eating these stories out of
1: (laughs) of your head. Yeah,
0: enraptured by you. Why would they doubt you? You know, not that they could ever call you out and fact check your story, because no one was really alive back then, (laughs) but yeah, they sense no hint of deception in your voice and and just follow along. As you think on these conversations, you remember your present circumstance in the interrogation room with Seeker Gilvin. So you got in with Air Archduke Jacinta, do a little dance for him.
1: I could do a dance for you, uh, if you'd like to see how good it was. It was, uh, there's a reason he let me in the party, I'll tell you that.
0: I'm, uh, I'm all right.
1: Okay, well, the offer
0: is on the table, investigator. So what I'll have you do right now is roll a deception check. Okay. Uh, Essentially, you're rolling a deception check for any of the incriminating information you would have left out uh, when talking to a detective, so, like, the fact that you charmed a and noble and, and lied at the party in general, that's what you're rolling for.
1: 14 plus 10. That is 24.
0: Okay. He looks up at you, stares at you, again, longer than than you really feel comfortable with someone staring at you. Then he gives a little nod. So after you talk to all those people, let them know you a little bit, what'd you do?
1: Oh, well, uh, for a little while, I... I mingled with some of the guests, and, uh, the Archduke, he was, or the Arch- heir to the Archduke, he was, uh, nice enough to introduce me for a while, but, uh, eventually we got separated, you know, at one of these parties, he wanted to talk to someone who maybe I did not find quite so interesting, uh, for a little longer than I cared to, so, uh, I gave him to wander on my own a little bit, and, uh, well, I met one of the most fascinating women that, uh, Probably could never have imagined I met, I would ever have met at such a party. She was a lovely young, lovely young lady with uh, long blonde hair. And uh, I'll say Ranas Decanjir can be a little bit of a sucker for blondes. Well, anyway, me and her got talking for a while, and uh, I'll say quite a bit of the rest of the night I was spending with her. Do you want me to continue? Yes.
0: What was her name?
1: Her name was Marianne. And I'll be honest, we did not exchange last names. Uh, the day before.
0: Marianne is the name, and she puts her hand out.
1: Ah, my name is Ranas. It's a pleasure to meet you. Are you from around here, Marianne?
0: Yes, I'm from the city.
1: Well, let me say, you have a lovely city, and uh, quite a lovely establishment that uh, we're having this party at. One of the nicer places I've had the pleasure to uh, attend.
0: Oh, yes. uh, Baron Baron Alphorn. he um, knows how to build a home. Has the money for it, anyway.
1: Mm, Certainly. Marianne, uh, what brings you to this party today? Uh... Are you here with your husband?
0: No. I'm not married. Ah,
1: not married. A lovely young woman like yourself? Such a travesty. What are the humans doing here?
0: Well, I'm waiting for a match. My father wants, you know, the most politically uh, beneficial pick for me. She is very obviously downtrodden about this. And you kind of get a sense that there's like a rawness to it, like something may have happened recently where she had to put her father's politics over her own uh, love life.
1: I see, I see. Politics can be so boring and uh, unfortunate. Well, don't you worry, little lady, I'm uh, not going to talk any politics with you. My name is Renas, and uh, I'm a man of many talents. Perhaps you and I uh, can exchange some stories together.
0: Yes, uh, what, what talents?
1: Oh, I'm, uh, I'm an excellent at many different things. I dabble in all sorts of different uh, skills. But at best, I am a fantastic dancer, and quite a good musician as well. Perhaps you would like to see.
0: You know, I'll be honest, I've heard your name a few times.
1: Of course you have. <laughs> she smiles. Everybody knows Ranas. I'm a legend throughout many different cities.
0: I definitely would like to see your uh, dancing, but let's add a little challenge to it.
1: Mmm, a challenge. Renas is intrigued.
0: You see her hair is tied into like a long ponytail with a little bow. She undoes the ribbon in her hair. Hold out your hand.
1: Oh, Renas has played this game before. Hold out my hand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She ties it around your hand. She says, uh, l- "Lift up your leg behind you."
1: Lift up my leg. Humans here into some weird things.: Absolutely, my, my fair lady, let's see what we got.:
0: She ties the other end of the ribbon to your leg, so your hand and your leg is kind of in that like jackknife position mm. behind you. Okay. Give me your best performance. She sits back in a chair.
1: Hmm. Madame, you, uh, you asked for some of the more unique performances, but Ranas will never back down from a challenge. Uh, let's see here. If uh, if you like my dance in this scenario, then uh, I have to request something from you because this is no freebie.
0: Mm. What?
1: Well, someone as fair and fine as yourself. I cannot uh, imagine a better gift than a, a kiss from someone so lovely.
0: Make a persuasion check.
1: Okay, come on, persuasion. Fifteen. Yeah, that'll be enough. She nods.
0: Okay. Works for me.
1: All right. I'm, uh, so I'm guessing I have not had a short rest since... Uh,
0: no, no. Okay, no, no, no. so this is not an enthralling performance. Then. <laughs> yeah. This
1: is just a regular performance. Um, here we go. Come on, dice, don't fear me what now. What I
0: will say... Um, is this at disadvantage? Definitely
1: it'll be a disadvantage. Okay. Uh that is a four plus a seven an eleven
0: all in all it's not the worst looking thing in the world you You do notice that usually you give your best thrusts uh, <laughs> when you have two <laughs> feet firmly planted on the ground, uh, so you kind of lose your balance as you try to <laughs> do your typical seductive swing. <laughs> So you kind of trip over yourself a few times, don't fall, but you you do the one hop you know uh, <laughs> one foot hop, more more than you would like.
1: Hmm.
0: Mm. she does not look
1: impressed <laughs> hey, you uh you may have challenged me a bit much. um how about this? uh maybe we just go get a drink
0: okay, we can get a drink
1: <sighs> maybe after a few drinks you'll like the dance a little better. <laughs>
0: You guys go off and and sit down at a little table and uh, have some drinks. Uh, waiters bring them over to you. She unties you. By the way. Oh, thank you. Good. Yeah. yeah, you guys sit and have some have some cocktails.
1: So tell me a little bit about uh, the runner of this party, the uh, the Baron. Seems like a pretty wealthy guy.
0: Yes. Uh, aside from maybe the Lord of Teltwith, he he's probably the wealthiest man in Teldwith.
1: Interesting. He keeps
0: to himself. Uh, more recently, he spends more and more time on Sun Island. He used to spend more time in the city, but he, he's kind of stepped back from his from his life after, or rather from his noble life after his uh, wife passed.
1: Hmm. How did his wife pass? That's awful to hear.
0: Oh, you know,
1: old age. Ah, old age. And uh, the Baron? How is his health? Does he seem in good spirits? Do he?
0: Honestly, I haven't seen him much recently. I've only met him a few few times. I more so know of him, if I'm being honest.
1: Have you seen him at the party yet?
0: Um, no. Usually during these things, he stays in his chambers. Maybe he comes out and makes an appearance
1: or two. Stays in his chambers at his own party? Most unfortunate. I feel like a man who throws such extravagant parties should be appreciated for his work.
0: She leans forward. Honestly, I... I think he kind of does them out of spite everyone on this island who has a home here likes to throw parties and show they're a little better than their neighbors i think this is his chance to remind them all that they're not as good as
1: him you humans are so petty <laughs> i uh i see i see well he's doing <laughs> he, like leans
0: back and is like a little offended by it
1: but then leans forward we can be <laughs> <laughs> well where does he stay I would like to thank him for throwing such a great party. Do you know where his recorders are?
0: Um... They're on the top floor. I... I wouldn't. No? There's definitely gonna be people blocking your path.
1: Blocking my path?
0: Yes, he only really sees those he... He, um... Calls up.
1: Well, who would he call up?
0: Old friends. People he knows, typically. Definitely those higher ranking than him.
1: Oh. Anybody like that here? I'm wondering. Does he have any old friends in the area? She does a quick scan.
0: Not that I really know of. Interesting. Many who might claim to be an old friend, but... Does he view them that way? I doubt it.
1: Hmm. Do you know if this uh, Baron was ever a military man?
0: Yes, he served for the Teldwith forces for a little while.
1: Oh! You say this was about... 50 years ago?
0: Honestly, I, uh... I haven't brushed up on my history books all that much recently, but...
1: but you guess, I would say? Yeah, that would make sense. Okay. My lady, it has been fantastic speaking with you. You are truly a fine young woman. I have great confidence that you will find a suitor any day now. And um, enjoy the rest of your evening.
0: As you get up and walk away, uh, she l- seems a little taken aback like, by the abruptness of like your flirtations, your awkward responses, calling out the pettiness of humans, and then just leaving. Back in the interrogation room. Okay. So, you flirted with this Marianne for a little while?
1: Well, yeah, we talked about many, many different things. It was, uh... We had so much in common, and then we just, uh... We just enjoyed, uh... Each other's company. It was it was truly marvelous, me and her. And uh, you know, we talked about with and where we wanted to go in life and where we'd been. Obviously, I had been in a few more places than her, but she was still very interesting. I really enjoyed her. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite nice. We uh, we may have gotten a little tipsy together. And uh, as the party went on, I I have to say um, things got a little crazy. And you know, there's a lot of people who are. Maybe drinking a little bit more than normal. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Some of these noble parties, they uh, sometimes partake in a few other indulgences. You know what I mean. And uh, some people were getting a little rowdy. That wasn't so much of our speed. So, we, uh, you know, we kind of went up into one of the upper levels just uh, to hang out and chat.
0: Uh, roll just a deception check for all of
1: this uh, 14 plus 10, 24. Okay.
0: He looks at you. All right. So tell me, how does uh, Miss Mila Eldone fit into all this?
1: Ah, Miss Eldone. I was wondering when you'd get to her. But anyway, as I was saying before, me and Marianne were talking quite a bit. And uh, it, was, uh, it was at that point, when we were just kind of chatting together, that uh, Miss Eldone came out of one of the rooms on the side. She looked uh distraught. Something had bothered her. And initially she did not approach us, but I am a gentleman. I see a, a woman in distress, and I went to approach her and see what the matter was. I guess you could say she has been having a rough night at that, that point. Seemed like she got in some sort of argument. I'm not sure with who. But words must have gotten a bit heated, you know. I'm guessing whoever she was speaking with was uh maybe, like I said, a bit intoxicated or uh Maybe it was feeling up someone that uh, they shouldn't have been. But this is only my inference. I, she did not say for certain.
0: So yeah, you see a woman come out of her room. She has long black hair. Uh, she's wearing a pretty elegant blue dress. She She's younger, early 30s, where like you look around, the average age the of the party seems to probably be in their 40s to 50s. Uh, so far, these two women uh, are definitely... Definitely outliers in, in, in the average of, okay. of the party, age-wise at least. Okay. You walk up to her.
1: My lady, you look, uh, you look very distressed. We're at the party. You should be having a good time. What ails you so? She uh,
0: wipes away a few tears and looks up at you with big brown eyes. I've just been trying to find something of mine that, that's been lost for a while.
1: Um, something you lost?
0: A few years back, yes. Um, I think the Baron may have m- mistook it for his own, or someone sold it to him,
1: but it was mine. You're telling me that you were looking for something currently owned by the Baron. But that's yours. Yes.
0: I just wanted to find it and be able to talk to the Baron and figure out how I could get it back, because it's important. It's important, but ah. no one will let me talk to him.
1: The Baron is a difficult man to speak to, I know for certain. Look, my lass, you are in luck. You have run into Ranas. And uh, Ranas is going to go speak with the Baron himself. I will bring it up to him for you. Would you? Of Would course, you of course, my lady. I am always there to help people. Now, you have to tell me, though, what is it that you are missing?
0: A ruby encrusted uh, necklace. Family heirloom gold trim the most beautiful thing you'd ever see
1: oh well, that should be no problem my dear my dear look at this man's place i'm sure he has other necklaces that are not as beautiful but you know similarly with gems and things but um you know other necklaces i'm sure he likes as well what happens if he misses one you know i will uh, i will bring it up with him what is your name
0: uh, mila eldone
1: mila eldone Mila, like I said, uh, I will be sure to speak with him for you, and um, I'm going there right now. Now, here's what I want you to do. You'll see, I cannot stand a woman in distress. I want you to go downstairs, I want you to walk, go to the bathroom, wipe away those tears of yours, and uh, get a drink, you know, mingle a little bit. You need to relax. Ramas is on the case now.
0: She smiles and nods. Thank you.
1: I, I see you, you were kind of walking around the, 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 uh, the establishment here real quick. Uh, is there anyone in that door over there? Do you know? Like where she walked out yeah, of? Yeah, where she walked out of.
0: Yes, that leads to uh, the hallway that, that will go to the staircase to get, get up to the baron's uh, quarters.
1: Oh, my dear. You are being so helpful. You're doing such a good job today. I, I, you deserve a big hearty drink. And a big hug. i give her a big hug. And, uh, don't worry about it. Your ruby necklace, he said?
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Ah, Diva never forgets. I will, uh, I will go get it for you right now. And you can go home with it later tonight.
0: She, she smiles. Okay, I'll be, I'll be downstairs if you need me. Thank you again.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You just, uh, you let everybody know that, uh, how much you enjoy Ranas, okay? Of course, of course. Yes, all right.
0: She, uh, gives you a wink as she walks away.
1: I'm gonna try to, like, um, kind of look around, to see if I can get to a spot that doesn't have a whole lot of people in in the area. And when I if I find a spot, I'm gonna cast Disguise Self on myself.
0: Okay, uh, I'll just have you, like, go and make a stealth check. Okay. Fourteen plus six,
1: so twenty.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're able to kind of pop behind a giant vase <laughs> <laughs> and then pop out with your disguise. What, uh, what does your disguise look like?
1: My disguise is a uh, like an older kind of guy with like a big old bushy mustache, and I got like uh, some war medals on my coat, you know. But like I got like noble noble gear on. So just yeah, yeah, you know, and like uh, maybe like a, a nice hat. Okay. Tricorner hat. Naturally, naturally, okay. yeah. And then I will, uh, I will, I will walk. I will walk out to the, because uh, uh, this is how I'm going to talk now. Uh, I will walk out to the uh, the hallway and uh, start walking towards the, um, the the staircase where the Baron is at.
0: Um, yeah. So you, you you walk into that room. Uh, you see four guards at the bottom of the stairs, and then you see another four at the top. And as you walk forward, they kind of, you know, are blocking the path. Sir, this is a private area. The, the party's back that way. Please go enjoy
1: drink. Don't tell me where the party is. I know where the party is. I know what is, who's up there. It's my old war buddy, Baron Elvron, and I want to speak with him. It has been decades since we saw each other, and I am not going to pass up this opportunity. I do not like these noble islands, and I'm not going to stay here long. Go get him. Tell him that I am here to speak with him.
0: All right, I don't even know the best way to do this. Uh, <laughs> roll, roll, I want you to roll two checks. Okay. The first is an intimidation check.
1: Ooh, okay, let's do it. That's an
0: eight. Okay, uh, now I want you to make a deception check at disadvantage. That is a 15. Still pretty good. Um, They, like, look between each other and, like, whisper a few things. It's like... Was he expecting any visitor? You know, you just over here. If you think, like, who, who is this guy? Uh, and the head guard turns to you and says, "Sorry, what did you say your name was again?"
1: Just go tell the Baron that his old war buddy James is here.
0: James.
1: He'll know, James.
0: The guard captain shrugs and walks up the stairs. They all kind of just look at you awkwardly.
1: See you, three military men. That's what I like. The rest of those posh bastards over there. Not my type of interaction, let me say that. I prefer a heavy drink, and some men like you, probably with some good stories of ruffians and fighting. I'm tired of these nobility parties. When I was younger, I would be out all night. I'd get in a fist fight by 4 a.m. Those were the days. You know what I'm talking about, right?
0: You see one of the guards just nodding the entire time, like, yeah. And another one, like, kind of kicks him in the shin be like,
1: dude, like,
0: <laughs> come on. You can't you can't insult the people we're protecting. And then he stops nodding along. Uh, eventually, the guard that went up comes down uh, without anyone else alongside him. Sorry, but the Baron says, uh, he does not know any old war buddy named James.
1: No, he doesn't know an old war buddy named James. All uh, right, what I'm gonna try to do is, um, I want to try to uh, like, essentially make a distraction so that they all look at that one guard. So I want okay. to like point at him profusely like from down down the bottom and like maybe like throw something at him. I like maybe my hunk of cheese that I have in my pack, pack. Okay. <laughs> and see if they all look at him. All and right. if they look at him, I'm, like, I'm going to try to quickly, if possible, cast Suggestion on the guard that told me that, the guy that looked at me.
0: So you're going to throw cheese at him? hmm And then try to cast Suggestion.
1: If, I'm, I'm going to try to see if I can get them all to look at that guard yeah, yeah. so that the, the, the three guards aren't looking at me.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> make a... You don't have proficiency. This is gonna be a ranged attack. Uh,
1: okay, I, I really don't care about hitting. I am fine just like lobbing it badly.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I understand you're not aiming to do damage, and sure. amazingly, cheese does not have a uh, Hey, dice, now maybe he's uh, allergic to cheese. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, ranged attack. Some. Yeah, yeah, so add, just add dex. Okay. You do not have proficiency in cheese. Uh, this is a five. <laughs> a five. Yeah, it soars over his head. Okay. He is looking straight at you. The guards at the bottom do turn to see where the cheese lands, Uh, but there are still guards kind of at the top, who their attention seems to be split between looking at the cheese and you. Like, you are still in their vision Okay, for the ones at the top.
1: So, let's see here. Can I try to sleight of hand it?
0: Yeah, I'd let you do sleight of hand against their perception.
1: Man, dice roll. Uh, that is a 14 total. That's rough. Yeah, natural went eight went up
0: against a nine. So yeah, you cast suggestion. Um, it seems like the cheese distraction was <laughs> was enough. Yeah, uh, at least in this moment, nobody says, "Hey, this guy just cast a spell." Okay. Maybe someone's keeping something to themselves, but but it does not seem like anyone noticed. You uh, cast suggestion. So what exactly are you suggesting?
1: I'm suggesting that. He apologized for the rudeness and take me upstairs to see the Baron and then go back to his post.
0: Yeah, so all of the other guards turn and kind of, like, start pulling out their swords as you threw the cheese. Uh, it was an act of aggression. <laughs> uh, and the guard who went up puts his hands out. It's like, I'm so sorry for my rudeness. Uh, let me take you upstairs right away.
1: Well, that's more like it's you, uh, This injustice, I'm, I'm so mad right now, but... You know, you're... Uh, yes, go, let me go see my friend.
0: Stand down, men stand down. Uh, they, like, look at him confused. And uh, he's, he's just an old man. I'm sure he's a war friend. Just because the Baron doesn't remember him doesn't mean that they weren't friends. And the other guards put their swords away and turn to let you pass.
1: Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, you, what is your name, guard? I'm pointing to the one who's taking me up.
0: Uh, Albert
1: Albert Albert yeah you know initially I was going to I was gonna write your superiors but uh, you know what I, uh, I, the fact that you're doing the right thing that, uh, that's commendable commendable to, uh, 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 to be to be escorting an, uh, an old retired war hero and uh, I'll definitely be giving you a commendation when I uh, when I speak to your superiors this time so the rest of you think about what he did and uh, maybe change how you're acting in the future. You could learn a lot from this one.
0: They all just look at you flabbergasted, like, <laughs> "What is going on?" Uh, but they aren't—they aren't going to uh, question their superior. Uh, in, in, with the guard who is leading you along, mm-hmm. you follow him up the stairs and are led down another long hallway. Uh, and at the end, you see a door, very ornate in structure. Bigger than any other doorway you've seen in this place. Uh, a big blue door. So yeah, the guard takes you there. He knocks. You hear a faint voice say, Yes. And Elbert says, um, Sir, there, there's a visitor here for you. Uh, and you hear a deep sigh. And then the voice say, Come in. Elbert opens the
1: door and lets you walk in. I give him a pat on the back. Good job, young lad. I walk in.
0: You, you walk into um, a fairly big room. You see, obviously, this is a sleeping chambers. There's a, a giant four-poster bed on one side of the room and an even bigger desk on the other side. Pretty much a desk that takes up the entire wall. There are papers strewn about it. There are different medals and, and kind of the trophies on racks on top of the desk, kind of showing off uh, all of the achievements. The man turns towards you, uh, older, probably 60s, 70s, completely bald on top. He does have a pretty big beard, not really as bushy as uh, <laughs> your new beard, <laughs> but, but definitely getting up there. Uh, most of it is gray, but there are still a few kind of dark spots on it. And he turns to you and stands up. Even for his age, he still has very, very straight posture. And in, in general, he seems as he as he stands and, and moves towards you, there's like not a youthfulness but a strength <laughs> that he has that, that is a little surprising mm. for his age.
1: Uh, and you may be <laughs> You're growing old ya you. coot, you don't remember your old friends?
0: <laughs> Roll of <a> deceptions, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Nineteen, so twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Baby. Yeah.
0: He narrows his eyes.
1: I kind of put out my hands, like I'm like trying to give him like a big hug. Like you don't remember me? He does not uh, engage in the hug. I'll kind of approach him slowly and like put my arms around, like an arm on it, like a hand on his arm or and a, a hand on his like shoulder, and be like, "You look terrible." <laughs> Just like a laughing, like trying to make a joke. <clears throat>
0: Maybe my memory's worse than it once was. I'm sorry, I I don't seem to remember you, but how how have we met?
1: (laughs) Well, I guess I do look a little bit different than I did 45 years ago. We served together. We were in the same battalion. You don't remember me? It's James, James Erlington.
0: He thinks about it for a little while and he starts nodding a bit.
1: Look, let mm-hmm. me- let me say this, uh, maybe this will spark your memory a bit. Kind of a CD bar, two women, probably whores, a little too much alcohol. That's starting to spark your memory, that's starting to spark your memory. I am- um, I- th- I think you may be mistaken. No, it was definitely you, and I'll kind of walk over to like, his desk or something like that. <sighs> we had some good times together, good times indeed.
0: Listen, I can faintly recall a man named James from my battalion, but um, I'll say I don't think that was me. That sounds more like the story of uh, Smithy. That's the sort of place he would go to.
1: Smithy, Smithy. Oh, huh, you know what? That may have been Smithy. Now whose memory is lo- is is getting lost on them? <laughs> oh my gosh! You're right. That wasn't you. Well. You know, back then, uh, eh, we had so many different stories all happening. It's hard to remember who was at one and who was at the, n- the next.
0: He nods. It was a different time back then. We were young men back then.
1: <laughs> so much so. Um, yeah, I guess charm person on it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Uh... <laughs> all right. Um, DC is 15. Yes. Ooh, that is a natural two. So, <laughs> yeah, you uh, have officially charmed person.
1: <laughs> Sweet. Look, you are throwing a lovely party here, a lovely, lovely party, and um, I'm so happy that we could be reacquainted here. Now, look, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm related to someone else at your party. Oh yes. Yes, yes. You probably know her, Amila Aldone. Have you, uh, do you recall her? She's, you know, someone else who lives in the sea. I know you don't get out much anymore.
0: I, I can't say I'm familiar with her.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised. You appear in your giant mansion. Well, anyway, she lives in the area. And essentially, uh, well, you know, she's been a little distraught lately, and, uh, well, I thought you might be one who could help her. How so? Any Anyway,
0: I can help, uh, an old friend.
1: Well, it's a complicated situation. Seems like uh, some ruffians at some point in time are security at her house. She wasn't as, uh, as good as I was hoping to be. But uh, some way or another, they stole a necklace from her. It was this ruby one with some gold trim necklace. Beautiful thing. It was her prized position. Anyway, it got taken. And she's been distraught ever since. You should hear every other day, it's Grandpapa. I can't do, I can't live without this necklace. I can't believe I lost it. It's it's never ending with me. I, it just drives me insane. And then you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. She tells me that she finds the necklace that some way or another, probably through a bunch of back alley challenge ch- channels, you know, eventually the necklace gets washed clean by these unscrupulous individuals and um. Somehow the necklace has wound up, as I've heard, under your possession. Well, as soon as I heard that, I was like, Mila, let me go talk to my old friend, the Baron, and he will correct this wrong. And so I want, I'm coming here, talking to you. I know you've got plenty of necklaces, and this one specifically is one that's a prized possession to my family. Now, I know you've done a lot better than me, leaving after the war, but I ask you, as friends, brothers, I need to bring a smile to my daughter back again. I need to see the glow in her eyes once more. And I don't know, I know she's a materialistic person, and fortunately, the only way I'm going to have this happen is if I get that necklace back. I ask of you, I beg of you, What's one less necklace in your collection? Will you let me have it for her? I promise she will get more joy and wonder out of it than you would have in ten million years.
0: Uh, roll a deception check and, due to him being charmed, uh, at advantage.
1: It's a rough first roll of a two. <laughs> it's a seven, so seventeen. Ooh, okay.
0: He looks at you. A ruby necklace with
1: gold trim, you say? Yes, uh, I could certainly describe it to you. If I, I certainly could identify it if I saw it in person.
0: Listen, I know of the necklace you speak. Um, I'm sure there are others m- made similarly to the one I own, uh, but Mila, she must be mistaken because this necklace has been in my family for
1: over 50 years. I will roll, um, I will roll a, uh... Insight? Insight, thank you. About- <laughs> Yep, on that. At day six!
0: Amazingly enough, as, as you see him, and you've been around a, blo- a, a lot of liars in your day, you can't get a good read on him, <laughs> despite this. And he doesn't even seem like the type who necessarily would be skilled at lying, but uh, you're just a little too focused on uh, on keeping up this guise that you have uh, <laughs> to fully to fully take in his facial uh, quirks and whatnot. So you don't know, it's, it's hard to get a read on, on him. Are you calling My granddaughter a liar? No, I was not trying to say that, but there are multiple necklaces in this world with gold trim.
1: Sure, of course, of course. Look, maybe you're right. I've seen this necklace before. It was a long time ago. It it was my wife's. Let me just take a quick look at it. If I see that it's not her necklace, I can go back and tell her that. I can go tell her that it's not the one she's looking for, that she was mistaken, that she saw yours and she just, you know, probably thought any necklace was the right one. But I'll know, there's markings on the one that my wife had. I'll know if it was hers. This will at least put me at my peace of mind and put you at peace of mind that somehow someone hasn't stolen your, you know, necklace that you thought you've had for 50 years and replaced it with a different one. I'm sure the one you had was far nicer than the one that my wife had that she is missing so de- so deeply
0: roll a deception check
1: 16 started with the hot dice maybe I gotta switch dice now <laughs> like, it's, t- it's time this dice has is- lost its magic he
0: looks at you and says my belongings are in the basement uh, we have a few display cases down there typically we don't want guests going down there in parties but for an old friend I'd allow you
1: to. You know, this is what true brotherhood is like. These days there's, it's all politics. There's schemers, liars everywhere. Who can you trust anymore? Except people you've been in the trenches with, where you've had friends die nearby. Those are the people you can trust. Look, I'll take a quick look at it. If it's as you say, it's been in your possession for 50 years and it's not my necklace. I'll tell my daughter and at least she'll she'll not try to keep trying to somehow procure yours knowing that it's not the one. This will put her mind at ease. You've done my family a great service.
0: He nods and says,
1: I hope it does. And yeah, ease off the cake a little bit, you bastard.
0: He looks down. He's pretty fit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm a little fat, so... (laughs) (laughs) With with your appearance, yeah. He looks down, he looks at you, and he's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) He gives an actual laugh, uh, which you had not really heard much from him. Sorry I didn't remember you that well.
1: Well, uh, you know, I've gone through a few sicknesses and laryngitis, like, three times. My voice doesn't sound the same as it did back then. I got a lot fatter, you know. Life happens.
0: James, stay healthy. And if you see that crazy bastard Smithy again, to tell him I say hello.
1: If I see Smithy again, I'm gonna give him the biggest tug because I'll be astonished he's alive.
0: <laughs> so back in the interrogation room, Gilvin looks at you and says, "All right, so Mila, she wanted a necklace. What'd you do to try to help get it for her?"
1: Well, I mean, it was a, it was a very simple. Uh... Very simple task for Renas. You know, I I can be a convincing fellow, let's be honest here. I decided uh, that this was a big enough party that eventually I would uh, probably run into this Baron. I just waited for my chance. Sure enough, he showed up just for a brief moment. I guess he doesn't really like the parties very much. He was only there to honestly walk and I think see everybody making a one- one moment to say that hey he's still there we all kind of gave him a little cheers but I was waiting for him I was in a good position uh you know I was still up on the balcony with uh with Marianne and uh I kind of just accosted him while uh he was walking back to his chambers I shook his hand said uh, I knew who, who he was and that uh it was a pleasure to be at this party and that it was uh so very nice and so lavish and uh, I was having so much fun. Yeah, he was he was surprised to see me, I think. Uh, you know. Everybody else there was a human, you know, except for maybe one or two half elves, you know, maybe one other elf, I'm not sure. I think I saw one, but pretty much I was the most standoutish person there, let's be honest here. I'm mostly orange. You probably know how that is. <laughs> uh anyway. He
0: he doesn't smile or laugh at it, but you do notice like the tiniest of nods. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, uh, I guess he had known some elves back when he was uh, more in politics and dealt with, you know, maybe some emissaries and things like that. You know, people traveling around. I guess he happened to know a couple that I did, and uh, we got to chatting about them, and um, we ended up having just a you know a glass of wine together. He was interested in me. I, you know, let's be honest here. I've had a few more interesting experiences with some of the people he uh, meets over at those noble parties. But, uh, I don't know, after a few hours or so, I brought up that I had talked to a bunch of different people at his, um, at his uh, establishment, and one of them was quite distraught. I told her the story of, uh, this lady who was looking for her necklace, and, uh, well, he was all too accommodating. He was saying, well, I'm fairly certain that. Any of my valuables are of my own, but certainly it's possible. Something got mixed in that I am not aware of. And he had the three of us go down to uh, where he kept it. He had a very nice trophy room. We had a chance to look it over. He took it out of the display case. He, was, um, he had a guard there too, he'll tell you. They had the display case open and she pointed out a little marking that she had said was on it before we even got there. Before, as we were walking there, she was like, "Oh, my, my amulet has this little, this little intricacy here and this little intricacy there." And I was just, you know, I was just with them just because I knew them both now, and we were good friends. Anyway, we identified it as uh, as as her as her necklace, and uh, she was so thrilled. You know, he could tell he could tell how well she knew this necklace. It was not the one he thought he had. To be honest, he was a little bit furious, because I think he is missing a necklace. You know, I think you guys should start looking for that. I think he probably is going to put in a report on a new necklace that he is now missing. Could have been quite some time, so this could be a tough one. You guys should be on the case.
0: He gives you a, a look as you say that last part and writes something down. <laughs>
1: uh, roll a deception check. All right, new dice. Let's do this. <laughs> new dice. New dice. Come on now, new dice. Give me something higher than a 10. Buck. It's a five. So, <laughs> all right, 15 total. Five, 15, okay.
0: After you it kind of finish telling the story, he, he pulls out some notes, says, Okay. In the reports from yesterday, I did not really hear anyone say they saw the Baron until the very, very end of the night.
1: Well, I can tell you why that is. Yes? As I said before, this party was getting out of hand. That's why me and Marianne were up on the second floor, just waiting it it out. I say, some of these nobles could not hold their liquor, and I saw multiple people going into rooms in the backs, you know, on the sides, and they came out a little more hyper than maybe before. I'm not saying that they were uh, partaking in illegal substances, but I am saying that. I personally would not have trusted the judgment of many of these people. I am surprised they can even remember what happened at all. And I'll tell you, the only reason that I am here, in your interrogation room, is because you probably asked a few of them, you know, what they thought happened. And of course they're going to comment on me. They're not going to, you know, let's just say they, uh, they like you as much as they like you until uh, it's inconveniences them so, you know. Uh,
0: roll a persuasion check.
1: That's a natural one! <laughs> <laughs> That's eleven total. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he he looks at you as he uh, as you say this. Listen, um, you may be able to play that card with other elves or other people. I've heard that excuse a few times. I've I've seen people try to appeal to my genasi sense. Uh, it's not going to work. Okay, officer.
1: I can see now. Maybe I'm not dealing with someone quite so uh, incompetent as I normally am. All right, so maybe, maybe that's not the case. Maybe, maybe I saw someone who uh, is the person you might be looking for. But these humans, they are, they do do what I say. Tell you, they are going to blame me. They're going to blame the one other elf there. And it just so happens that um, I think that other elf is the person you were looking for.
0: He folds his arms. Well, I haven't heard many people talk about the elf in these reports.
1: That's probably because they thought it was me. Like I said, they don't really—they don't differentiate us very well. Oh, did you meet was the you? elf at the party? Oh, yeah, I met the elf. Oh, but there were two elves. Oh, I didn't realize that. You know, it they probably thought we were the same person, even though we don't even really look that much alike. We have different color hair. Was he Eldrin or? No, of course not. Hmm. Two Eledrin at a human noble party? Come on now. If I said that, would you really believe it? No, he was a. Uh, I think he was a high elf. You know, we were similar heights, that is true, you know? And our hair, you know, was similar styles. I have, I will say that, but we didn't look otherwise. Our faces are different, our hair is different.
0: Alright, so back at the party. <laughs> you leave the Baron's Chambers. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I'll say one of the gods, um. <clears throat> uh. He wants me to go look down at, uh. The basement in his, uh, trophy room for one of his necklaces. Uh, will you escort me down there? So this would
0: be the guard who led you up to the Baron's Chambers, uh, the one you suggested, and he says yes. Yes, of course. He, he walks with you. At this point, your disguised self is pretty close to running out.
1: Hmm. Because it's an hour, yeah? Yeah, it's an hour, yeah. I say, lad, uh, take me to the bathroom real quick. I, uh, I need to go to the washroom before we go back down there.
0: Of of course, sir. Uh, leads you to a a bathroom.
1: Okay, I'll go into the bathroom and uh, redisguise myself. Okay, as the same disguise? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) Uh, Yes, same disguise.
0: Okay. Yeah, you come out of the bathroom. Mm -hmm. He continues to lead you to the basement.
1: Thank you, lad. I will stop and I'll get Mila on the way there. Uh, at least I'll, t- I'll come talk to her. I'll be like, uh, I, you know, what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna t- tell the uh, the guard. i will be like, hold on one second. I need to go uh, bring my daughter down with us.
0: Yeah, uh, you walk over to her. Mm.
1: Are you Miss Eldone?
0: Yes, and who may you be?
1: Never mind who I am. I work for the Baron. Apparently, he's uh, had a chat with someone on your behalf that was uh, talking on your behalf, and I'm um, to lead you. Uh, down to the baron's trophy cases uh, to examine a necklace that uh, you say is yours. Uh, she smiles.
0: Uh, the guard at this point, who is standing over, wait. I thought this was your daughter. Why doesn't she seem to know who you are?
1: Um, no, this is not the same daughter. This is a uh, a friend of mine who also knows the look the uh, the look of the necklace, but. Um,
0: Roll a deception check.
1: <laughs> uh, that is a 17 total. 17 total, yeah. Okay.
0: He seems confused, but on the verge of buying your story.
1: Boy, do you want me to throw another piece of cheese no, at you?
0: No, no <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, l- let me continue to lead you. Mila puts like a hand uh, around your arm to have you kind of escort her.
1: Okay. Probably feels a little bit odd, considering it's a disguise. <laughs> Probably yeah, my but she,
0: uh, she does not bend an eye. Oh,
1: good. Good for her.
0: And as you look, actually, what you know with the spell is, is obviously you can pass through it. Uh, you know, because sure. it, it's technically an illusion. You, you look down and, and you see that she has positioned her arm in a way where it doesn't, like, clip
1: through you. Oh, solid. That's what I gotta watch out for. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, but... He, he leads you to the door, and yeah, you you get up to it. It's just a door uh, kind of kind of in the back of, of the giant mansion. It, out of the main hall, a little ways off. There's a lock on it. He pulls out a key and unlocks it.
1: All right, lad. Take us to this necklace. You know which one you were looking for?
0: No, the Baron didn't really give me instructions. He said mm. it was, uh, what it look like?
1: It's, uh... A ruby necklace with a gold trim. Look, you wait here. The door will go find it. I don't need you. Uh, roll a persuasion check. Net 20, baby! There you go, he's
0: back in. There it is, we back! He, he like, looks at you like, you know, uh, he's had a few odd interactions with you so far and has definitely come out on the embarrassed side of things. So he nods. Says, all right, um, find what you need.
1: We'll be quick about it.
0: You guys start walking down the stairs. Um, So yeah, you walk down wooden steps that surprisingly are not all that squeaky. This house seems to be manufactured and and built very well. You eventually reach the bottom and you're met with with a dim candlelight that spreads down a long hallway. Uh, As you walk, you see doors that lead to different rooms. Mila lets go of your arms. Renas, I like the costume.
1: Uh, You are a clever girl. And I will, uh, I'll I'll, I'll remove the disguise.
0: So, um, how'd you get the information anyway?
1: Oh, I told you, you don't have to worry. It's, uh, Ranas is on the job. You just have to, uh, play to people's, uh, uh, sensitivities, I think is the word.
0: Renas, we had a plan going into this, so I'm just wondering what you did.
1: Look here. I was the
0: one that was supposed to gather the intel.
1: Well, look at it this way. You didn't do your job, and so I did it for you.
0: <sighs> all right.
1: Now, uh, let's find what we're looking for.
0: You uh, walk down the hallway. I'll say, even though I may not have said it in the moment, he he would have told you which room it is in the basement. Okay. And not just let you <laughs> scramble around.
1: Wander uh, throughout all <laughs> of the treasures. Yeah. Okay.
0: He would have let you know. Uh, third door to the left.
1: Okay. We will... Uh, I'll, I'll open the door.
0: You head in. You see a few display cases
1: all locked.
0: Why don't you roll a perception check?
1: Okay. We back, baby. We back. It's an 18. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. Yeah. Uh, 22 total.
0: Okay. Yeah. You, you look around. Display cases line the room. In each of them are many, many different types of gems and, and jewels, a few swords, and just all these different beautiful, beautiful, most likely priceless objects. Uh, more wealth in here than than you've seen in, in your time. You see etched along the display case are arcane markings, which gives you the idea that most likely there's some sort of enchantment uh, placed on the case. You spot a ruby necklace with gold trim. And you see Mila spots it too, but she like looks past it and seems to be looking for something else.
1: A lot of good stuff in here. This guy, you weren't kidding.
0: What was it we are actually trying to find in here?
1: Well, uh, I don't know about you, but... I could go for a few things.
0: Yeah, look, what else? I know, but you had a specific mark here. We should get that, at the very least. You are hired for a job, so you might as well do it, right? <laughs>
1: Yes, of course, of course, of course. Now let's look, let's find... Uh, he has a, uh, a sacred magic item here. Of a lot of power It is a scepter that can do things you can only imagine.
0: Uh, this one? And she points uh, <laughs> to a scepter in a display case. It's, it's higher up than the rest. It seems to be kind of a point of pride being shown off above all
1: the rest of these beautiful, priceless treasures. Yes, that is the one. Quite a find in such a drab and dreary basement as this. All right! How do we get it? How do we get it? Well, uh... Well, you're a lot stronger than me. I think uh, you just, just break it open.
0: Okay. You think in this treasure room they don't have any sort of security measures at all?
1: You know what? I can tell you're worried. Maybe, in your attempts to break it open, you would be more confident if you felt a little inspired. Let me put on a quick dance for you, and you'll feel better about it.
0: Vernas, <laughs> uh, this is not the time... And then you start your Just dance. Just thrust at her once. <laughs> <laughs> you do <a> big <laughs> thrust. Uh, and like, she can't help but laugh a little bit. And amazingly, it makes her feel a little more confident.
1: You're going to be fine. Let's see. Uh, magical things in, in you know, I'm, I'm guessing you're right. It is probably magically reinforced, which just means you need to hit it harder.
0: Okay. She looks up and looks at the case. She lightly touches her finger against a bunch of markings around it. Will you see something? Well, I just don't know what these markings mean exactly.
1: Could you take a look? Uh, I can try. Do I know what they mean?
0: Make an arcana check.
1: That is an eight, so I have a nine total.
0: Nine total. You do not know what the glyphs mean.
1: Yeah, this is just a, uh, a, a ruin thing. It's, uh, a stronger glass than normal. It's magically strong. So, like I said, you want to have to hit it pretty hard.
0: All right, um, I guess I'll go for it.
1: You'll be fine. How much of a D
0: do I add to this?
1: Eight? Oh, D8, yep.
0: Uh, yeah, she pulls a knife out from, like, like she lifts up her leg, you know, the classic uh, little sheath on the upper thigh and pulls out a knife and, and puts, back, uh, puts her dress back down. And She takes the butt end of the knife and just smashes it against this glass display and it just breaks in. Make a dexterity saving throw.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I'm good at these dex saves. Come on now. Nope, it's a fucking two. I roll an eight.
0: A blast of ice shoots out
1: from from
0: the like area around the case. Um, Mila is able to jump out of the way. <laughs> you take 27 points of damage. Ow! Of cold damage. Ow! It's <laughs> just a giant <laughs> cone, uh, one might say, of cold. <laughs> uh, blasts into uh, you. She takes half. Uh, Renas, you said it was reinforced. Uh, Not a fucking blast uh, of cold.
1: R may r- 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 have not read the ruin correctly. I'll kinda stagger myself up. Uh is it open? Is the glass open? It is open.
0: The glass broke. Like the glass broke and then like you know, cold air blasted out. I fucking grab that scepter! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you grab the scepter. Do you have a place to hide it?
1: I say I do, uh, but I don't have much of uh, a solution for you. And I then I go invisible. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I start to run. <laughs>
0: and you you start to run. All right, back in the interrogation room. Mm-hmm. So, you said that you, the Baron, mm-hmm. this Mila.
1: Yes, yes, Mila.
0: All went down to the basement together.
1: There was a a guard there as well.
0: And you said she saw the etchings.
1: Uh yeah, it was was hers. The Baron Baron made it aware. She, you know, she got really close to it to look, and he was like, you know, oh, you can't get that close, otherwise it's going to uh, explode on you. But yes, what we uh, we didn't know is what is we were being followed. Followed? Yes. Yes. By. Well, I'm I'm guessing the person who took what you're looking for, you know, all of a sudden, well, essentially, I was looking, she was looking at the necklace, you know, she was trying to identify and he was talking to her and I I was sort of walking around because he's got a lot of cool stuff down there. You know, I'm sure you had a chance to look it over, Uh, you know, his scene of the crime, so to speak. um,
0: No, you know very well I didn't.
1: Well, I'm sorry.
0: You keep acting like you don't know about the fire. But I know you do. Uh,
1: Well, I understand about the fire. It's just that I assumed that that area was fire-resistant. It was, um... You know, an area with lots of valuable, uh... Valuable pieces of equipment. I I thought... Listen,
0: cut the act. The fire that burnt the whole house down. Mm -hmm. What started it?
1: Well, like I said, we were Followed. And we were followed by not, not, a, not ordinary, a not ordinary man. He appeared out of thin air. I think he was invisible, and he was tracking us as we went down to the basement. Probably was waiting for someone to unlock the door. And he broke one of the uh, enchantments on one of the items. We were all stunned. He came out of nowhere. We were not expecting it. We were surprised. And as soon as it broke the blast, it hit quite a few of us. We were all hurt. Mila and, and myself, both, both hurt from the blast from the, uh, the enchantment. In any case, he steals it. This guy, he was difficult to make out. He was tall, I would say. He was, he was a similar size to me. I, I, I can, again, I can understand, I can understand why people uh, maybe were suspicious. And then after that, when we were all trying to recover from what just happened, we're all shocked. And there's this, all of a sudden, there's this guy in this room and he's, you know, created this huge havoc. We're all, you know, I didn't know what was happening. But he shoots this big fireball into the ceiling. The whole place erupts in flame and I'm, tr- I'm trying to help get them out of there. I'm trying to help the Baron. I'm trying to help, you know, Mila. You know, the guard seemed very dazed. He didn't know what was happening. He was standing on the outside, so he was just a little dazed. You know, he, he didn't know what was happening either. And the place starts going up, and I'm trying to help them out, and I can't watch what's happening with this other man. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm being a good Samaritan here. Mila's hurt, the Baron, you know, he's injured as well. His house is on fire. I should be thanked for what I did. If it wasn't for me, they would have never had made it out.
0: Well, the Baron didn't make it out.
1: Well, I'm sorry. You're right. I, I, I meant Mila. Mila would never have made it out. I'll, I'll be honest, you know... The place lit up. Whatever he hit, it was um. Like I said, I thought that level would be okay, but you know they hit the ceiling and that hole. By the time I brought the uh, meal up to the next floor, the first floor, it was pandemonium. You know there was uh there was smoke everywhere and fire and um, people were screaming and. Tripping of each other, and, and oh you should see nobles when they're in danger, they are ruthless, ruthless to on each other, it was awful, and um you know just a horrible, horrible moment in my life and uh, you know, I got her out, but it took so long, I think I ingested a good bit of smoke, I actually was worried I might have uh, have some long issues going here, and uh, I'm a singer, sir, I cannot have long issues I mean, I dance and sing and play music uh, I could show you if you'd like actually I can- I can sing a very good song for you. I'm all right. Well, anyway, I could tell that you were going to say no there. Uh, you know, I, um, I was just exhausted afterwards. I was just absolutely wiped. Uh, as soon as I got Mila out onto the lawn where there was clear air, I collapsed on the ground. And uh, I think I was out for a minute or two, actually. And uh, I don't know, there was a couple guards helping people move away from the building. I think they were focusing on the women first. It was my impression when I kind of came to that, you know, maybe one of the guards had lifted her out and maybe did not care so much for getting me a little farther away from the fire. But luckily it had not spread quite so far yet, and uh, I was able to stumble back to town. Truly a horrific experience. You know, I kind of wiped my wounds away a little bit, and it was not too much longer that you and your men came to pick me up.
0: All right, roll a deception check.
1: Twelve
0: plus ten, twenty-two. Okay. So the night of the party, you take the scepter and turn invisible.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you do? I'm going to run out. I'm going to run out of the building. Just out of the building. I'm going to try running out of the um the the basement.
0: Okay. You hear Mila be like, Renas, Renas, please come on, uh, and that voice just fades away.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Like as I'm leaving the room, I'll say, "You're resourceful. You'll figure something out." And then I, I'll just I'll, then I'm then I'm gone.
0: She, you see her like, come out the door and start moving around uh, the hallway slowly, like putting her arms out, kind of be like, "Can I grab them?" Like, but but knowing it's like no use, like that you are <laughs> too far right now. Uh, you move up the stairs. Are you just kind of running up them?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna try to like, boop. Yeah, I would say.
0: So there's like the boom, 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 boom of your feet. You open the door. You
1: see the guard like turn. The guard's there? Okay. Um, I think okay, And you can... hear him
0: say oh, Sir James up. Wait, what? What? Yep, <laughs> and like good. look very confused as the door opens and he sees no one moving through.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to... Um, is there anywhere like... Am I in like a hallway or am I in like the main hall right now?
0: Uh. So right now you are in hallway okay from here you can see like the main hall a few big windows
1: can I uh, slip into somewhere where no one can see me right now is there a spot like that uh, I, I, being invisible certainly you, you could definitely slide into a room I am going to um... so wait, how big is this scepter way?
0: <laughs> it's like not one that you'd it's like probably three feet it's not it's not a huge scepter it's not like one that you'd' double as a walking stick
1: sure Um. okay uh so i'm gonna disguise myself again trying to do it outside of his vision Mm -hmm. and uh i'm gonna disguise myself as one of the other guards that i would have seen um by the hallway not him obviously okay and uh then i'm going to walk towards him and say the baron he's fallen we need your help apparently he's sick we need to get everybody out of here. Um,
0: yes, yes, yes. Of course, there are still people down there, though.
1: I'll go get them out right now. Go, go help escort people out of here.
0: Knowing his job is to protect the Baron, instead of helping escort people, he's kind of sprinting right upstairs.
1: Okay. So is there, like, any, like, lanterns or candles or... Uh...
0: Uh, yeah, there are plenty of lanterns and candles. Okay. Uh, You you see here at the bottom of the steps that you are standing by. Mila is there. She does not like give you any knowing looks, but she does like kind of pause for a second, being like, "Oh God." I uh, (laughs) I say, (laughs) "Right this
1: way, Madame." But I, uh, right this way, Madame. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah.
0: She like brushes herself off. Yes, yes, of course. And she like walks up and she tries to kind of walk by you as fast as possible. (laughs) Uh, Sure. In the hopes of not taking any notice by a guard.
1: All right. Uh, and at this point, I'm going to... Is there like any tapestries around? Is there any... Uh...
0: Yeah. I mean, there are tapestries lining all of the walls. Uh, in, in the main room, there are tons of, of different huge tapestries that like, are probably like 50 feet long. That seem to kind of be the typical end of summer
1: decorations. I will take one of those candles and start lighting the ends of various tapestries in this hallway. Just, like,
0: walking by them, yep. like,
1: casually. Humming, as well.
0: Yeah, so as you're you're looking around and doing it, why don't you roll a stealth jack? Obviously. <laughs> all right,
1: all right, I think that's reasonable.
0: <laughs> stealth and sleight of
1: hand. Uh, okay. We're
0: going to do a double whammy.
1: Double, double roll here, all right. All right, my stealth tech is a ten total, and my sleight of hand is twenty-one.
0: Okay, people definitely notice you carrying a candle, mm-hmm. uh, but like, you know, you're able to do a mixture of like nonchalantly, like where it doesn't like look like you went up to it and you're like, "Come on, light, motherfucker, light." Okay, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, a few, few of them catch.
1: Okay. So then, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna like stand by the doorway. Is th- is there a door to this doorway that would lead to this hallway?
0: So, so are you just lighting tapestries in the hallway by, like, before the main, the main like yes. living room hall? Yes. Okay. I guess
1: so. I guess that's where I thought I was right now. Okay. That- yeah. 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 Uh,
0: so you can do that there. Certainly. Okay. It, but it, 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 like, this hallway leads into kind of the great hall area.
1: Okay. And is there a door to this hallway?
0: No, it's like an open
1: space. Like, how big of a opening is it to it? This hallway? Probably like eight feet tall. Eight feet tall. Okay. Like four feet. Okay. Just making sure. All right. Well, I'm going to. Um, yeah. Then I'm just going to stand on the by the doorway for a little bit. Like I don't notice. At least for a, like a little bit, and like just kind of deter people from going in that 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 region for a little bit here. Like standing in front of it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you stand at the hallway, like put your fake spear down. Like you're not yes. actually holding a spear, but you have the illusion of one, like in your hand.
1: That's actually a scepter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. People seem in a little panic as they saw kind of guard, like the guard run up the stairs, and people were definitely following that direction, like you know, following him, be like, what, what's going on? Why, uh, why is he in such a panic?
1: It's also in there. And just- if anyone tries to come near me, I'd be like, oh, just don't worry, don't worry. There was just a um, minor, minor spill in the basement. Lot of, lot to clean up. Not, nothing, nothing out of, out of notice.
0: But, but there are tapestries literally on fire right.
1: behind you. Right, right. i pretend okay. really like, I don't notice that. I'm, a, okay. I'm okay. an incompetent That's guard right now. Got it, got it. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, you, you like go over, and, and one woman comes and is like, that... Th- there's a fire behind you.
1: No, no, we're there's just a
0: fire, a fire, fire, fire! And she just starts oh. yelling, <laughs> and and you see all of the people kind of turn their head toward you.
1: <laughs> I t- I turn around, like shocked. <laughs> uh,
0: you see you see everyone start to panic here. Nobles, even though at this point the fire probably could be put out pretty easily. Nobles don't do that shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobles are not about to try to risk their lives to put out the fire. So they start panicking, running into each other, trying to run out of the house as fast as they can. Uh, You see your old friend Jacinto with a woman next to him, one that you don't recognize, uh, look up, see the flames, kind of push her to the side and just bounce. What do you do?
1: I'm just going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like step into that hallway but, like, not really do anything. Like, just sort of, like, be like, oh, uh, like, I put my hands on my heads a little bit, like, like it's too much for me to deal with. But I'm really just waiting to make sure it spreads more, is, is like, my yeah, intention. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The fire does start to spread. It, it, the wood, after a little while, starts getting caught on fire. Uh, so the wall itself... Starts to get a bit of get a bit of the flame, and and the floorboards beneath start to catch flame too. These then start licking up into other
1: tapestries around <laughs> it. I don't. I, this is a knowledge of something I really don't know. Is wine flammable? I don't. I think it is. Right? It's uh, alcohol, yeah. right? Al-
0: alcohol is flammable.
1: All right. So I'm gonna pour some wine. On. <laughs> like, uh, but I'm gonna do it like I'm gonna try to act it. Like I'm like. I need some water. I'm like, oh, wait. And I'll just, like, pull out this bottle of wine, being like, this should work. No, No, like... Yeah,
0: so so around this time, as you pull out the bottle of wine and are doing this and start pouring it on, the flames get bigger. Uh, The guard, Albert, runs back down. He says... The, the Baron's fine. What were you say? Oh, my God! <laughs> uh, and sees the flame. Help me! Uh, and I'm everyone. just, like, pouring wine on the fucking What time. are you doing? Why are you pouring wine on this? It needs water! You need no, to put a liquid on it! That's flame. No, that's not how it works! And he, like, pulls off his jacket and starts, like, patting it. But at this point, the flames are getting too big. And, and the jacket just, like, catches on fire. And he throws it. Um, we need to get everyone out of the house. Uh...
1: Uh, wait, no 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 wait um and i will uh cast suggestion on him
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm gonna suggest it's too big already we can't save anybody go save yourself
0: he uh what's the save? 15 15 that's it. natural two uh he's like oh, oh you're right and he just runs <laughs> out, like jumps out the window right by you oh you fuck know. yes all right <laughs> just starts rolling
1: all right. Uh, well, I'm going to make sure it gets a little bit bigger. Like, definitely not dealable at this point. Yeah. And then um, I will use one of my last spells. I've used a lot of spells today. I'll use, I'll use a third-level spell slot to cast Invisibility. Okay. And then yeah. I will try to slip out of the house.
0: Um, so you start moving out of the house, and you get to the doorway. And, and as soon as you try to step out of it, you feel like a tug from the scepter. You're able to get your body kind of out, but the scepter, for whatever reason, can't move through the open space. Seems like you need to wait for uh, enough of the house to be destroyed to actually get through. You look down and you see arcane markers, markings all around the doorway, kind of lining the floors in general.
1: Shit. Uh, (laughs) um, Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to try to slip to a, a room that maybe doesn't have anybody in it.
0: A lot of rooms are like that right now. People okay. like people are still pretty packed in here. Yeah. Just because it's hard to get out super quick when everyone else is trying to. And there's only a few funnel points. Okay. You kind of had to wrestle through some people. Like like people just felt an invisible guy. Sure. <laughs> like But no one really took notice because people are too panicked. You see people running from upstairs. Uh, so it seems like the higher floors probably are empty.
1: With my knowledge of where the fire started, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would like to try to go on the opposite side of the house, probably on the second floor.
0: Okay. Yeah, you head that direction, which is pretty much the same direction that you would have taken to get to the Baron's quarters earlier.
1: Hmm. Okay. I'm okay with that.
0: As you head in that direction and work your way up the stairs, dodging between the various people, pouring out brooms brooms and... and just down the staircase so they can get out, you eventually are able to reach the second floor. On it, there's an overlook that gives you a pretty good view of the main hall, which is the one that most people have been calling the living room, and you see that the fire has spread into that room, and the massive tapestries with giant suns on them and other signs of summer are almost all ablaze. Ooh. Uh, this this thing's getting pretty big. And yeah, uh, you... you just kind of chilling for now
1: uh yeah i mean if there's like a an off area like with like a window that like i can like eventually try to get out of that's what i'm gonna be aiming for but i'm gonna keep an eye out on like the door and hallway too just to kind of like see what is happening and keep like a good lookout of like you know since i, I know i'm near the baron's area i kind of want to know where he is too if if um he's in the area or like what I see those guards doing, because I know there's a lot of guards in this area.
0: You see a few of the guards are trying to like push people out and like lead them as carefully and quickly and efficiently out of the mansion. And eventually you see the Baron walking down the stairs. The guards are trying to kind of like clear a path for him to get priority out, but he has had to travel the farthest distance
1: uh, to get out of this place. Awesome. Huh. How many are how many are there with the Baron? Guards around him? Yeah. Two. So no, three total people? Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I am going to cast, on the three of them, Hypnotic Pattern, which what it does is if they fail a wisdom save, they become charmed for the duration, and while charmed, they are incapacitated and have a speed of zero.
0: <laughs> you, uh... Cast hypnotic pattern on the and ground. And I'm going
1: to try to I have hundred and twenty feet. Yeah. So I'm gonna try okay. to do max range if I can. So like okay, make Okay, yeah, you
0: so you move a little bit further away, peek like get behind uh, a wall block in the way, you know, peek out and like point to the ground by them. This gets rid of your invisibility. You are still disguised as a guard. <laughs> oh, is that not a concentration spell? Disguise self is not concentration. Oh sweet. That's great. yeah yeah nice (laughs) so you are still a guard
1: great Uh, that's perfect
0: (laughs) but yeah so you point to that area in front of them the uh, wisdom save
1: wisdom save dc 15 dc 15
0: all three of them fail uh (laughs) The Baron got a 14, so...
1: That's going to be rough for the Baron, to be honest. <laughs> uh,
0: they Your invisibility uh, vanishes, obviously. Uh, and lights start on the floor. That The three of them, who were just looking up, trying to get to an exit, all of a sudden look down. You can't keep their eyes
1: off of it. So when they take damage, it does disappear. Okay. But I'm just going to let that happen. Yep. And I'm going to stay in my little corner, wait until this house burns down as much as I can. And then what I'm going to be doing is like every few, like every couple minutes or like probably less than that, probably every like 10 seconds, like have a window open and try to push the staff out and see if it goes.
0: Uh, yeah, you see the fire continue to spread quicker and quicker. It, You, you you've led a few fires in your day, um, <laughs> but you've never you've never seen one go up this quick you've never seen one burn this much stuff uh because you've never really been in place with this much stuff uh but it starts to spread you see it almost all across the main hall walls are starting to crumble down um probably about like that you see just it's spreading over like 40 second period as flames lick more and more of the walls smoke covers up it's getting harder to breathe in fact i'm gonna have you make a concentration check um to see if you can hold the hypnotic pattern just because the smoke's starting to come in.
1: Uh, that's plus con,
0: right? Con, yeah.
1: That's
0: a five. Yeah, you you start coughing and, and you lose the spell. At this point though, you can see that the uh, flames are at the bottom of the staircase. And it seems like for the Baron and those other men to get out, <laughs> they would need to run through fire. Okay. So they kind of like snap back to attention and are looking around.
1: Go to hide then. <laughs> okay,
0: and in during this, you're still checking with the scepter?
1: Yes, I've, I've been trying to like put it out the window every 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 few seconds. Okay,
0: so you tried it a few times and it was not working. Okay. It seems like whatever connection was still there as you tried it then. Uh, you see them look around. They see a few windows. Um, that they kind of look out of to see if they can can jump out. Why don't you make a stealth check?
1: Can I try, if I, if I see them looking at me, can I make a minor illusion of a box, and I'm in the box, and I put the box around me? Like, like I, if I, like, if I like, duck down, and like, um, so like, if they looked right at me, it would just be a box. Just be a box.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd let you do that. It'd be really easy for them to see through if they gave it more than a glance. Sure. But everything's on fire right now. <laughs> yeah, but everything is on fire. So so it's your best bet. Yeah, so you make a box. So what I'll let you do is they have to make like a little check. Mm-hmm. Um, they just see a box. Uh, now make a stealth check at advantage. Uh, which you get advantage from hiding behind your box.
1: <laughs> nice. My stealth is plus six, so 17.
0: Yeah, uh, they do not notice you. They just kind of are looking around. They're on the other side of the room, so they're like trying to break open the window there as flames uh, are coming up the stairs. They like Uh, break glass and a guard is like trying to find the best way to lower (laughs) himself and the Baron. uh,
1: Every once in a while, I'll kind of poke the staff and just try to like push it out the window. Like cause the box is right under the window. So all I have to do is like push it up and then like I I can like pull it back down real quick. You know what I'm saying? And I'll try to see if it goes out.
0: The first time you try, nothing. Damn this thing. The second time though, your hand just goes right through. Oh, I'll stand up. You look out. You look out. You see a big portion of the wall has been broken.
1: Is there anybody around me? Right? Now? Are they like trying to get out near me? They are the only other people. They're like on probably
0: honestly. If your range on that was 120 feet, they're about 120 feet away because that's how big these rooms are. Oh, okay. And yeah, so you can see them on the other side of the house trying to like break through and and figure out a good way to lower themselves down.
1: Okay, so they're not close to me. Great. Uh, so I'll just, like, stand up and, like, really put the staff out to make sure it's not just, like, a, like a, a minor break in the seal that's like, totally out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes completely out. I'll just kind of wipe my hands and say, and that is a party with Ranas de Candrir. And I will use a face step to teleport 30 feet down, or 30 feet diagonally, so hopefully I can land, you know, and not have to jump out a window because I don't have much health right now.
0: <laughs> you stand and get one last glance around the room. You see the Baron has collapsed to the ground in a coughing fit. The The guards are trying to help him up, but they're also busy covering their own mouths as not to take in too much smoke. You then step forward and your vision blurs and the flaming house around you vanishes. What seconds before was a lavish mansion is now an eerie yet familiar woods, the Feywild. You see a small light in front of you, and knowing you only have a few seconds in here before it spits you back to the, the material plane, you step toward it. The light engulfs you, and the typical warmth that comes from using this spell fills your body. A second passes in, you expect both the light and warmth to fade, but it hasn't, and you turn now firmly back in the material plane, and see the blaze eating away at the Baron's mansion.
1: I'm, uh, I'm going to start moving. I, 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 uh, I'm I heading back to, uh, to where I can drop this off. Okay. Yeah. Back in the
0: interrogation room. Mm-hmm. So. You say you rescued as many people as you could?
1: I mean, you don't want to call me a hero. I, I saved one person, really. But, um, you know, afterwards everyone was pretty shaken up and... I think I I think I kind of made people feel a little bit better who made it out. You know, they're they, they were very distraught and played a little tune for them. And gave a little dance, you know, that I felt a little better about the whole situation. He stares at you
0: and this, he's given you those looks a few times of just staring and it's a little longer than you feel comfortable with. This is the longest of all.
1: You get a good look, Inspector.
0: So what I want you to do now is roll a final deception check. Uh, Just behind the hood, while I'll let you know, each time you kind of told a major lie to him or, you know, your side of the story, I tracked if you succeeded or failed. Okay. I did five main checks from him like that. You succeeded on all five. Oh, Uh, (laughs) wow. You were going your deception against his insight. So, because of that, you needed to succeed a majority of those to get advantage. If you would have failed the majority, you would have had disadvantage on this last one. That makes sense. Um, but you can make a deception check at advantage.
1: Oh, okay. A All big right. roll, baby. Big rolls here. First one is a six, so that's not great. Um, come on now. Come on, die. Second one is a 19. That's a 29.
0: So, Gilvin looks at you for three more long moments. And then he stands up and walks to the door and he gives it a knock. The portly man opens it. Gilvin says, give me your keys. The portly man goes, what? Your keys. This one's telling the truth. Mostly, anyway. He didn't have anything to do with the fire or the Baron's death. Man's just odd. The portly man stares at Seeker Gilvin. Are, are are you sure? Seeker Gilvin stares at him for a few moments before saying, Pray tell, earlier you said I had quite a reputation. What is it that you've heard about me? The portly man looks at his feet. That, uh, you can always spot a liar. He holds out the keys. Gilvin takes them, unlocks her shackles, pulls out two pieces of paper and signs them both. By decree of the arbiter's office, I hereby declare your innocence in this matter. This copy is for you. He hands you a piece of parchment. And this one is for you. He puts it into the portly man's hands. Renauds, you're free to go.
1: Officer, I thank you very much for listening to my story with uh, and giving me a chance. I'll be honest, when uh, your men came and picked me up, I thought I uh, wouldn't even get the trial. Or... Really, even be able to give my side of the story, but you're a man of honor, and I appreciate that. You, uh, if we ever meet again? Next drink is on me.
0: Let's hope we never do.
1: Oh, you never know when you're going to see Ranas again.
0: You get up and are free to leave now. As you walk out, you overhear Gilvin talking with uh, some of the other men there about needing to follow leads on another elf at the party just looking into any potential enemies the baron may have had. Eventually, you get outside and start heading to the harbor. You crane your neck uh, to the eastern side of the island, where once a behemoth of a building stood. There now seems to be nothing but a pile of ash. Eventually, you get to the dock and look around for Mila's boat. After a few seconds, you spot the sparrow on her sail and walk over. Last night, you had just enough time to stash the scepter away in the ship before being grabbed by the local guard. As you approach, you're surprised to see Mila sitting on the dock, seemingly waiting for you. I didn't know if you would wait. Well, you're the one who knows the buyer, and I owed you one.
1: <laughs> I guess I owed you one too, considering I made you break that thing. I knew it was uh, it was not just reinforced, but... Uh... I did not know exactly what was going to happen, but you did a good job.
0: She smiles. She pulls out a she pulls out like a a blanket with, with something wrapped in it, and mm-hmm. she unfolds it, and you see the scepter.
1: Ah, here it is. Is this a new day, by the way?
0: This is a new day. Ah. Well, from the interrogation, this is
1: same from day. the day like where I used all my spells. Yeah, this would be a new day. Ah, here it is. Such a prize Quite nice, what do you think?
0: I'm sure the buyer will be happy with it.
1: Ah yes, the, the buyer. Ah But you see here, this is one thing you did not know about Ronas. Ronas de Condria does not care about no buyers. Ronas de Candria just is all about the sport. It was getting the thing that I lot want, I wanted. And then I just hock it into the ocean.
0: She, you you grab it and throw it into the water, and uh, she's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And she dives into the water and starts swimming down.
1: I'll cast suggestion on her before she jumps in. Yeah, I'll try to do it. Yeah, if, if, okay, if I can get her before she yeah yeah,
0: I'll I'll let you do a quick make a make a dex check to see if you can kind of like okay get to her first
1: dex check. All right, oh my dex is what plus three. That's a seven. All right, so I'll
0: say you get the spell off, but she, just because she's like kind of mid dive, uh, will have advantage okay. on it. Um, just because, like, she sure. is going to
1: splash into the water and not fully hear you.
0: Sure, sure. Uh,
1: what is your suggestion? My suggestion is that she goes home and goes to bed.
0: You see her go under the water and then pop back up, and then swim back to the dock and pull herself up. Okay, let's go home.
1: You have a good rest of your day, my dear. You did fabulously. Ranas appreciates your hardest work.
0: Are you staying on the island?
1: I never stay in one way area for too long. There is another mansion with another shiny scepter that uh, I need to go find.
0: She unties her ship and starts setting sail back to the mainland. You watch as slowly the ship gets smaller and smaller and then in a blink of an eye it's gone
1: all right uh so did I see sort of where it where, where the scepter <laughs> fell into
0: uh yeah
1: okay uh i can mage hand go through water
0: i don't know why not
1: right, all right i'm gonna try to mage, i'm going to try to mage hand that scepter back up
0: okay <laughs> you uh Rick and a. make a perception check <laughs> so are you just using mage hand to like scour the yeah bottom? just trying to <laughs> grab
1: the fucking scepter out of the, the, yeah. the water somewhere 10 plus 4 14
0: okay uh it takes about an hour okay that's fine you're looking out uh but eventually your mage hand bumps into it you probably have to cast mage hand a few times but it's not trip you. so you're good uh but eventually your mage hand feels like a boop. It like pulls up like a bunch of sticks throughout the whole time, you know, like you have like a pile of things that are about the length of a scepter, yeah. uh, next to you that it like dredged up and eventually, <laughs> yeah, it pulls up the scepter.
1: All right. Well, that pretty much takes care of all of that. Who's going to actually throw away a scepter? I say to nobody. <laughs> and then I will I will sail off into the distance. You just like take any ship. <laughs> like Is there a passenger ship nearby? Uh, yeah I will disguise myself as a uh, a merchant he'll look he'll probably look like a typical merchant you know he's got um, not like super nice clothes but like definitely mm-hmm. not just like a, a scrubby peasant with a walking stick <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I will ask a uh, gentleman if he can uh, take me back to the mainland
0: you you go up talk talk to a man about his wares you needing to uh replenish yours and after a few coins and Conversation. He agrees to take you on board.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: You look out back at the island as the ship starts to move away from harbor. For a job that was supposed to be you running interference and causing distractions to help out Mila as she gathered intel and looks for the item in question, you ended up doing much more work than your employer hired you on to do. But I guess that's just the sort of thing that happens when you work with Renas Dreer. As the ship sails on, you just think about the good work or the bad work you've done here.
1: It's a little bit of both. But I did kill three people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that is where we'll end this session.
1: All right. Renas makes it
0: through. Renas makes it through, man.
1: Oh, man. Well,
0: uh, I hope you enjoyed that. That was was an interesting one. To anyone who made it through this whole thing, thanks for listening. I'll be back with another episode and another guest in the future. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Goodbye.
1: Bye bye.